Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bucs Nation? Welcome and thank you for making the Locked On Bucks podcast your first listen every single day, especially on Victory Friday. Locked On Bucks podcast, always free, always available on all platforms, including YouTube. So if you're not watching me right now talking about this game, you need to jump over to YouTube. Make sure you check that out. I am your host, David Harrison, my co-host, my partner in crime, James Yarko, a little under the weather, so he's not here to join me. Unfortunately, he did share with me, however, his player of the game and his play of the game. So we will get to that here at the end of today's episode. We're going to go over how this game went down and we're going to talk about the most impactful parts of this game in our immediate analysis, our immediate reaction episode here at the Locked on Bucks podcast. First, we're going to hear now from a member of Bucks Nation via the Locked on Bucks voicemail line. Hey, guys, it is a, this is Austin from Flat Rock, Alabama. If anybody thinks that this is a close game whatsoever, y'all can be completely wrong. The Eagles are a horrible team. Well, they're okay, but we gave them chances to come back into this ball game. The Eagles stink. They will always stink. Jalen Hurts is a mid-major quarterback, and the a defense Tampa has is probably the best in the league still with the fourth-string cornerbacks and safeties. It's a victory Friday, boys. Five and one. Let's go. Have a good night. All right, Austin, thanks for dropping by on the voicemail line, letting us know your thoughts. Again, following the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win here in week six, Thursday night football to kick off the week for the NFL. And we got to start this conversation, guys, first and foremost with running back Leonard Fournette. Regular season Lenny is, is something that's been coming along. I, I was thrilled to see the broadcast team or hear the broadcast team, Troy Aikman, uh, refer to Leonard Fournette as regular season Lenny. Of course, you had playoff Lenny last year. You had Lombardi Lenny in the Super Bowl, and now you've got regular season Lenny and and look James and I have been talking about it all week even leading up to this game that Leonard Fournette is the clear and and clear and number one RB1 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers you guys know we're big Rojo supporters and we still are we still think he's a very talented young guy still has a lot of potential to reach still has a lot of things he can bring to the field and he had some good moments in this game as well but Leonard Fournette man has really come in and kind of just taken advantage of the opportunity to prove to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to this coaching staff that he can carry the rock carry the load as the primary back. And what was his biggest knock all season long and all last year? It was receiving, right? It was dropping passes. It was concentration errors and all that stuff. On Thursday night, six for six, six targets, six catches for Leonard Fournette, 46 yards. And then on the ground, 22 carries, 81 yards, and two visits to the Philadelphia Eagles end zone, two touchdowns for him. Look, 26% of Leonard Fournette's touches went for first downs, or touchdowns, which is an even more impressive number when you consider that 64% of his touches came on first down. So despite the fact that almost 65% of Leonard Fournette's action came on first down on Thursday night, 26% of his touches also went for first downs or they went for touchdowns. When it comes to offensive production, we hear Austin talk about the Buccaneers defense and how they were able to stifle Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles offense. Uh, The Eagles offense total for the entire night, 86 yards more than your boy Leonard Fournette. The Buccaneers also control the clock thanks to that running game, thanks to what they were able to do for nearly 40 minutes, almost two-thirds of the entire game. The ball belonged to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they did it through 27 first downs, including 7 of 13, over 50% on third down, while the Eagles converted just 30% of their 10 
third down conversion tries for the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. And again, he was on the run all night. The defense really uh, put it to him. I think Austin that he's a little bit better than a mid mid level quarterback there. I think. Uh, well, yeah, you know, maybe today he's a mid level quarterback, but I think his potential is certainly higher. I think I think Jalen Hurts has a pretty bright future ahead of him. He's just he's not ready for the likes of Tom Brady and obviously the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a night like this. And and I think he'll get there, but I think there's a lot of work still to be done. But the Eagles, Jalen Hurts left with a 55.8 quarterback ranking uh, after completing less than half of his, his his pass attempts, throwing for 115 yards, one touchdown, and of course the interception by cornerback Jamel Dean. Jalen Hurts also ran for 44 yards and two touchdowns. So a lot of that came in garbage time. But still, if you're a fantasy football enthusiast and you ran him on your roster, you're happy that he got those junk yards. You're happy. You're definitely happy he got those two touchdowns and that throwing touchdown to help boost that point total a little bit. Miles Sanders, a guy who's on my fantasy football roster on the bench because they don't ever, ever use him, actually got some action uh, in this game. No, he's not going to make me regret benching him, of course, but nine runs for 56 yards. Uh, quite honestly, possibly one of the better running uh, games, running efforts from a running back that we've seen against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, but the Eagles only went to it nine times. Of course, if you were watching the broadcast version of the game, the crowd absolutely enjoying the fact that they actually ran the ball. I saw a, a clip of a fan had a sign that actually said run the ball on it, and you know they finally did a little bit, and they found a little bit of success, uh, kind of made it a little bit interesting close there at the end, but not close enough, and I agree with Austin. I never... Uh, I, I was never worried about the outcome of the game. I think most people watching the game from a Buccaneer standpoint are probably pretty confident in the way that was going uh, to wind up. Quez Watkins, Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver, was a guy that we talked about a lot during the uh, the buildup to this game. Gino Camilleri and I on the crossover, uh, one of the hosts there at the Locked On Eagles podcast, talked about him very glowingly. Uh, super excited about his future as well as that of Jalen Hurts. Uh, and look, he stepped up for his team, you know, to a certain extent. I mean, I, I, not a night that any Eagles player is going to hang their hat on, right? But he did lead the team with 44 yards on three catches. Again, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers win their week six matchup. The week six opener for the National Football League, 28 to 22 over the Philadelphia Eagles, advanced to five and one. And now they've got 10 days between this game and their next game against the Chicago Bears in Raymond James Stadium, where, where, they'll, where they'll look to go. Six and one after heading back home. BetOnline.ag is back as a proud sponsor and the exclusive betting odds partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Still the number one spot for your pro and college football action this season with the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and even more contests than before. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. So if you haven't already, please head over there, sign up today. And when you make your first deposit, make sure you use the promo code Locked On. You'll get a free 50% bonus to that deposit. So you sign up, you make your first deposit, you use the promo code locked on, all one word, you get another 50% on top of that deposit. Whether you're looking to put money on football, basketball, boxing, your favorite Vegas casino games, whatever it is, guys, don't wait to take advantage of everything they have to offer in the 2021 NFL season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, guys, back now here at the Locked On Bucks podcast segment two. Thank you again for making the Locked On Bucks podcast your first listen every day, especially on Victory Fridays. We're free. We're available on all platforms, audio and on YouTube as well. Before we get into segment two, talk about some impact players from this Buccaneers win. Let's hear from another member of Bucks Nation. Fire the cannons, boys. Matt from Morven, Georgia here. Flying solo tonight. All my little buddies had to. Go to bed because they got school in the morning. But good game, good 
expected to uh, see the Buccaneers control a game that they're obviously the superior opponent in. I never really had the uh, oh crap moment in this game, even even right there at the end where you know we went for it when maybe we should have, shouldn't have, who knows? But you know, I never felt like we really lost control. The defense is starting to gel. Um, thank God Evan was wrong and. You know, the scary top five uh, pass defense of the Eagles seemed to be Swiss cheese for Tom Brady and his offense tonight. But, you know, overall a good game. Game felt like we should have won, you know. And, uh, hey, we'll take that. I like it. Go Bucks. All right, Matt, good, buddy. Thanks for calling in. Always look forward to your calls, especially after a win. And, and look, I remember being a kid and being a football fan. I kind of always thought that, you know, when your team won, you should get like a day off of school in the grand. Most most of my games were weekend games anyway, uh, stuff like that. But I kind of felt like, you know, if your team won, you should you should get something for it. And, and don't get me wrong, growing up in Colorado, I got to be there when the Denver Broncos won their Super Bowls. And yeah, you got days off school. It was it was kind of a, an unwritten right. Like if you're going to the parade, you're allowed to have the day off. My friends and I weren't Broncos fans, so we would take the day off. We didn't go to the parade. I don't know what you want. We're kids. You give us an out. We're gonna take it, right? And I kind of feel like, look, if you're if you're a Bucks fan and you're a kid, you should get to sleep in on Friday. You should get to stay up, watch the game, watch the Buccaneers win. Let the Eagles fans or the the kids of Eagles fans go to school and and have to deal with all that mess. But anyway, uh, please don't take that parenting advice to heart and get yourself in trouble. But uh, yeah, great game for the Buccaneers, obviously. Anytime you come away with a win, you're going to be happy about that. But what I really like hearing from Buccaneers fans these days, guys, is is even when teams try to come back a little bit and make things a little bit more interesting than maybe we expected, you still hear people say, you know, I, I wasn't worried about it. You heard from Austin, I wasn't worried about it. You heard from Matt, I wasn't worried about it. Never got nervous about it. That's an amazing change. Uh, you talk about culture changes in organizations. That is an amazing change that has happened within the Bucs fan base. And I'm I'm here for it because, you know, let's let's be quite honest with you. Every team kind of goes through their ebbs and flows. Like you look at the New England Patriots right now, sat high and flying for 20 years at the top of the National Football League. Now they're kind of struggling, not at the bottom, bottom, but, they're, you know, they're they're definitely not one of the elites anymore trying to build that back up with Mac Jones. So enjoy it while it lasts. Just, you know, learn from some of those other fan bases. Don't become, uh, don't become the fan bases that everybody hates. I don't know. Maybe you can't avoid it. Maybe they're going to hate you anyway, no matter what you do. But happy to hear the happiness and the comfortability and, and confidence in the expectations of your team, especially missing so many injured players and then losing another one. Richard Sherman leaving this game with a hamstring injury. Obviously, we hope all the best for him. We hope he's capable and able to heal and come back. 10-day break, that's going to definitely help. Uh, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers able to get this win anyway, so hopefully they can get him back for next week against Chicago Bears. But speaking of players that have been injured, speaking of players coming back from said injury, Tight end O.J. Howard. How about the game that O.J. Howard had? No Rob Gronkowski in this one. So obviously everybody's looking at Cam Brate, and you're looking at O.J. Howard. He got a little bit of action last week, a little bit more involved in the passing game than we've seen recently. And, you know, Bruce Arians has been talking about that Achilles. And, and I'll be honest, I mean, I've I've been on this show, and you guys, if you listen to it consistently, have heard me say that I didn't know how much I was really buying, that, that some of this was still residual from that injury recovery. But look. O.J. Howard showed up today, seven targets. He has six catches on those targets, 49 yards, and a touchdown. You love to see it. I love to see every moment of it. Never doubted O.J. Howard's talent, ability, and potential. It's just a matter of how much does he fit into that offense, how well does the offense trust him to execute, how much does Tom Brady trust him. And, hey, look, 
seven targets. Cam Brady got four targets, and that's not there. So not trying to say Tom Brady doesn't have faith in Cam Brady now, but it is nice to see OJ Howard get back up there. And then Vita Vea, two weeks in a row, guys. Vita Vea not only dominating this game from a defensive line standpoint, but also getting into the stat box. Three combined tackles, two assists, one solo, and then of course he had a sack, and then of course he had the the snatching of Miles Sanders' soul essentially. As Miles Sanders probably got some wide eyes, thought he was about to hit a lane, thought he was about to get a big gain, and again he he did do pretty well for himself. So you know, no no shade to him or anything like that. But in that run specifically, he probably thought he was about to do some damage against this Buccaneers defense. And Vita Vea shed his blocker and said, "Not not so fast, young fella. Come over here and take a seat." You're not going to make that happen. And then, of course, we hear Matt talk about that fourth down decision. And I, and I got to be honest with you guys. I mean, it didn't make me nervous, right? But you're, you're up. You're up two scores. It's fourth quarter. You got Tom Brady. I got it. But I mean, that defense has been playing really well. And I'm kind of always against fourth down conversion attempts when you don't really need to do them. And I, and I usually have to have this conversation about early game fourth down attempts, right? Like if you're playing the Rams or you're playing the Bills or you're playing the Chiefs or you're playing the Buccaneers and you see an opponent go for an early fourth down on their own 40 or 45 yard line, like opposing coaches will tell you, yeah, we're trying to be aggressive, trying to go out there and, and, you know, con- uh, control the tempo and all this other stuff. And really what I see is, you know, you're not as good as this team, you know, they're going to beat your ass. So you're trying to do everything you can to manufacture an advantage. That's why I look at it. now. I'm not saying the Buccaneers were in that mode. Of course, I don't think the Buccaneers were afraid of the Philadelphia Eagles. I did in the moment. I was like, that's a really confident move for Bruce Arians to be making. And listen, he he mentioned uh, after the game that that's exactly what it was. So but who better to hear from than the man himself? So let's bring in that audio now from Bruce Arians. First decision to go fourth down, fourth and three, just trying to end the game there? Or? Yeah, trying to ice it and uh, trust our offense to get it done. And then we didn't get it done, you know. So uh, you win some, you lose some. All right, so there you hear it from Tampa Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians talking about the decision to go forward on fourth down there late uh, in the fourth quarter, or mid mid about midway through the fourth quarter, uh, near midfield. They don't make it. The Philadelphia Eagles get the ball in plus territory in Buccaneers territory. Uh, they do end up scoring a touchdown. They end up getting the two-point conversion, making things maybe a little bit closer than a lot of people wanted or thought. Uh, and I know that some people were a little upset that the Buccaneers end up not covering the spread uh, so that is, you know, that is problematic for those of us because I am one of those people who are enthusiastic about putting a little bit of action and money on these games. Hopefully, like you or like me, you're being smart about it. No mortgage payments or car payments getting bet here on, on this end of the of the camera. So hopefully, out there, you guys are also being intelligent uh, with your with your bets as well. But look, I gotta say, I mean, you know, it, it's it's kind of a mox Nick situation, right? It doesn't really matter at the end of the day, and. And you kind of hear Bruce Arians kind of just randomly, you know, he kind of answers the question, but just kind of, you know, plays it off like oh, it's it's kind of whatever. Um, and I don't honestly, I, th- I think that in a two score game against, you know, a Chiefs or a Packers or a Rams or a Bills or something like that, that he probably doesn't make that decision. I mean, I could be wrong. He's 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 known as an aggressive coach. So no risk it, no biscuit and all that stuff. But I kind of feel like uh, if it was a different team, different circumstances, uh, that it, it probably would have gone down a little bit differently. But, you know, um, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't bite the Buccaneers in the butt again unless you had money on them to win by more than six points. Uh, but I got to give a little bit of kudos though, to Philadelphia Eagles coaching staff. And again, I don't know exactly what was said in the locker room at halftime or on the sidelines, you know, as the game is going on. But really, the Buccaneers kind of seem to come out. Obviously, there's a little bit of aggression there from them. They want to be aggressive. Todd Bowles loves being aggressive. The players fire off faster when they get to be aggressive and blitz and do all those things. But 
I kind of talked to Gino Camilleri, one of the hosts of the Lawn Eagles podcast about this before the game. The Philadelphia Eagles, when you have a mobile quarterback like that, and the Kansas City Chiefs are similar, Baltimore Ravens are, are similar, uh, they kind of make you defend on four different levels, right? Usually when we're talking about defending teams, we talk about three levels, talking about the short field, the intermediate, and the deep. But with the Philadelphia Eagles, they also make you defend kind of behind the line of scrimmage because that quarterback is able to do so many things. But you kind of saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. I don't want to say step off the gas a little bit trying to get to Jalen Hurts, but when they couldn't get to Jalen Hurts really quick, really quickly, you kind of saw some of those defenders be a little bit intelligent and not over pursue here and there and and try to kind of keep themselves in a position that if Jalen Hurts did squirt out of the pocket, they would be able to potentially make a player or at least slow him down to wait for the secondary and the cavalry to arrive to bring him down. And in the fourth quarter, especially, but I think it's kind of started there in the third quarter, you kind of saw the Philadelphia Eagles adjust a little bit and kind of say, look, if they're not going to be as aggressive up front as maybe they normally are, dedicate a little bit more to the passing game because or pass defense because the Eagles have been throwing the ball a lot. There's a reason Eagles fans showed up on Thursday night begging their team to run the ball more. It's because they haven't been running the ball that much. And you kind of saw the Eagles shift a little bit there late in the game, much to the enjoyment of the Philadelphia Eagles fan base. Uh, and they started. Jalen Hurts started running a little bit more. The running backs started getting involved. Miles Sanders started getting some carries. And it worked because, again, the Buccaneers' defensive front, at least from the way it looked to me, weren't being quite as aggressive up front, maybe not filling as many gaps, kind of dedicating themselves to stopping the pass a little bit more. But in the end of the day, you know, obviously it was a little too late, uh, a little too little too late for the Philadelphia Eagles. They still end up staying at home because it was in Philly, uh, but they're doing so with the L in their back pocket as they do so. But as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel home on their flight, as I'm speaking uh, to you right here and now, they're going to be doing so looking to replenish some fluids, replenish some nutrients, and do it in a way that's not disgusting, chalky, overly stiff, hurt your jaw just to chew it, especially if they're biting down on a protein bar. And if they are, hopefully, they're doing it with Built Bars because Built Bars are not chalky. They're not disgusting. They're not tough. They're the best-tasting protein bar. They taste like a candy bar. We want you to celebrate your freedom of choice just like everybody else gets to celebrate their freedom of choice. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, we all have our favorites. Mine, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, some of the goats, if you ask me, in my opinion. But if you don't have your own favorites, you go ahead and order yourself a mixed box of, again, the best-tasting protein bar you will ever try. Not only are Built Bars great tasting, but they're actually healthy for you. Check out these macros, 17, 18 grams of protein in some of these bars. Calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, only four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order yours today. Get your favorites or get that mix box. Try them out. See what kind of flavor profile you like. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 when you do. My wife just ordered, and I'm joking, six boxes to this house today. Uh, well, on Thursday, I guess, actually. So we'll be getting those very shortly. Mint Brownie, her absolute favorite as well. She went to Built.com. She used the promo code LOCK15, and she got 15% off of that order, thankfully. So a little bit of saving money while spending money. Uh, but again, that promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, wrapping up this episode, Victory Friday episode of Locked on Bucks podcast. David Harrison here on Twitter at DHarrison82, the show at Locked on Bucks. My co-host, partner in crime, James Jarko, out a little bit under the weather, so we didn't want to put him on screen here, didn't want to put him on the mic, let him rest up a little bit, get some sleep after that exciting win for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Find him on Twitter at jarko 
underscore bucks. We're going to get into our players of the game and our plays of the game. But first, yet again, let's hear from another member of Bucks Nation. Hey guys, this is Jaron down in Mesa, Arizona. Just got done watching the game. And you know what, guys? It's down to a science, I think. Like, we run up the score at the half. We let them back in. Put, you know, let the gas up a little bit. But you know what? It all just depends on who touches the football last. And it's usually Mr. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. But a little side note here. Who is our, like, who's in charge of the cleats and equipment? Because this is like, we're watching ice skating right now. I've seen multiple plays where we could have broken it off, but we kept on slipping and falling. But whatever, win's a win, five and one, let's go Bucks. All right, Jaron, appreciate the phone call. Thank you very much for calling in here to the Locked on Bucks podcast. Again, free and available on all platforms. And yeah, it does kind of seem to be the Buccaneers way of just kind of extending the lead, letting it shrink a little bit, and then closing the door on people. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're just looking for some adrenaline. Maybe they're just looking for some excitement and some fun on their way to the playoffs. I kind of referred to them a little bit earlier this week off the air to a, to a friend of mine that they almost kind of reminded me a little bit of like a LeBron James team where, you know, uh, there's some questions about them. There's some doubts swirling. And can they make it happen? Can they do it? And really, at the end of the day, during the regular season, you see a squad that's just kind of focus on getting to the tournament. Let's get to the postseason, worry about all the rest of that stuff there and kind of put it all together. And I mean, listen, they're, they're well on their way again with their fifth win of the year here, just one loss so far. So nothing's nothing secured yet. Nothing is solidified. And again, they lose another starter to injury with Richard Sherman uh, leaving this game. That's six weeks in a row now that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have lost a starter. And granted, Richard Sherman is only a starter because they lost the other starters, but like, you know what I mean? It, it's what's worse, losing your your top two cornerbacks or losing your second, you know, top two cornerback because your other top two cornerbacks are gone. I don't know. It's it's insanity out here. I'll tell you what. But I mean, it kind of reminds me of like you know Andy Reid. I had a conversation with the Locked On Chiefs podcast uh, earlier this week because of uh, my coverage of the Washington football team. They play the Chiefs this weekend, and they kind of mentioned how Andy Reid's not really a run the score up type of guy. And Bruce Arians, I don't know that it's not so much that he's not a run the score up type of guy although there was kind of you know some indications on that on not getting uh to the 50 point uh, threshold last week there were some bucks fans who were a little bit i don't say upset but kind of wanted to see that 50 uh get dropped on a team and and basically the response was that there's there's some class on that team and you know maybe that's what it is maybe that's what it boils down to and why they don't kind of go out there looking uh to run the score i mean tom brady doesn't even have 300 yards passing in this game and you just look at the defense and you look at the way the, the eagles defense rather was not able to really contain the Buccaneers offense and you know that if Tom Brady wanted 300 yards they could have absolutely gotten 300 yards Tom Brady of course candidate for player of the game pretty much every time the Buccaneers win a game right but he's kind of unofficially off the table uh here for for us here at the Locked on Bucks podcast so getting into our plays of the game and our players of the game my play of the game uh and just full disclosure because you're going to hear James's and yes he kind of took the obvious ones but I mean look they they were really good plays and really good players so they were easy to take um, I did let him pick both of his before I picked either of mine, but my play of the game is going to be a little bit unorthodox, you know, a little, a little bit out of the ordinary. Uh, and it's the first three and out for the Buccaneers defense, nothing super spectacular, you know, about it other than it's just, it's just a really good defensive series and a really good defensive play there to close it out, to force the Philadelphia Eagles to punt the ball back to the Buccaneers at the time. It's seven, seven, the Buccaneers drove down the field on their first drive. They scored a touchdown. The Philadelphia Eagles were able to drive down the field 
on their first drive to score a touchdown. And then the Buccaneers defense goes out there. Sorry, it's 14-7. The Buccaneers have the seven-point lead. The Eagles come out there on their second drive, and they're kind of, you know, maybe they're thinking they're a young upstart team, kind of thinking, okay, it's going to be one of those games. They went down the field, scored. We went down the field, scored. They went down the field, scored. So now let's go back and go down the field and score. Instead, it's a three, and now they have to give the ball back. And look, when you have a team that's the underdog, a little bit younger, a little less experienced, they come out there. And if they're able to kind of keep up with the early punches of the game, you kind of see that confidence start growing a little bit. and They get a little bit more aggressive, and guys start playing a little bit better than maybe they normally would because that excitement and that adrenaline in the moment is really kind of taking over. So getting that three and out kind of stops that from happening before it really starts happening. So I thought that was a very key moment, a very key turning point in the game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Never really let the Philadelphia Eagles get comfortable, even though they looked pretty good on that first drive. For James, the low-hanging fruit, right? Jamel Dean's interception, obviously a really big moment. And I don't know, man, like eventually we'll get to the point where we see Jamel Dean bringing an interception and we'll not bring up the dropped interception against the Los Angeles Rams. But again, that was a very big moment in that game, that missed opportunity for that takeaway there uh, against the Rams. And so far, the Buccaneers only loss of the season. So to see Jamel Dean continue to develop, continue to grow, make a really good play, was in great position, reacted to the ball really well, brought it in for his team. Hard to argue that that is definitely a play of the game. And then player of the game, we've already been talking about him. He was the, he was the subject of my immediate reaction video about this win. Leonard Fournette, the running back. I mean, what else do we have to say about him? 127 yards of total offense, two touchdowns, regular season, primetime Lenny is is here to stay. Definitely your RB1 moving forward uh, until further notice. And then my player of the game, again, I'm going to go a little bit outside the box here, guys. I'm going safety, Mike Edwards. And I know it's weird, right? He got a 50-yard defensive pass interference penalty. How is he possibly my player of the game? And really, guys, I'm looking at it like this. Outside of that penalty, he really wasn't exploited all that much. He really wasn't a weak part of this defense. He really wasn't targeted all that well by the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think that kind of speaks a little bit to his ability. He's a backup safety on this team, on a secondary that's already kind of depleted and banged up. You would expect the Philadelphia Eagles offense, especially with the speed they have in their wide receiver room to kind of go after him a little bit. And I'm not saying they didn't go after him, but again, it wasn't something they were able to exploit to the point where they were able to kind of make headway in this game, try to take control of some momentum. So a little bit of a hat tip to Mike Edwards, not so much for the things that he did do, more so for the for the fact that the Eagles weren't able to exploit the fact that he was on the field more than usual. But also, uh, give him credit too. He and rookie uh, Joe Tryon-Schwenka combined for a, for a tackle there uh, near the Buccaneers goal line uh, late in the game. The Eagles did end up scoring a touchdown on that drive, but they ended up having to eat a, um, over a full minute off the game clock to get that touchdown because of the stop at the one-yard line that Tryon Shoinka and Edwards combined to make of running back Miles Sanders. So that minute, you know, again, you go back to the end of the game, they're in victory formation and grand, they're moving the ball. So maybe they actually score a touchdown and it's even bigger win. who knows. But at the end of the day, that minute is valuable time when you have a team down by six points looking for an upset win. So that's going to be our final player of the game. So again, plays of the game, Jamel Dean's interception, first three and out from the Bucks defense against the Eagles offense players of the game, Leonard Fournette and Mike Edwards, voicemails austin matt and jaron appreciate you guys calling in appreciate you being a part of this immediate analysis recap show of the tampa bay buccaneers 28 22 win over the philadelphia eagles thank you to all of you viewers out in youtube you listeners out in podcast land thank you all for making the locked on bucks podcast your first listen your first view of the day make sure you come back monday james i'm hoping we'll be rested and will feel well enough to join us back here we're going to get a little bit deeper into this game. Our final takeaways, we'll hear some of what James had to think or what he was thinking, had to say 
uh, from right after the game. We've got more voicemails already lining up. There's more voicemails in the voicemail box. Keep them coming, guys. We'll keep getting as many as we can on the air as we get ready to move into week seven and prepare for the Chicago Bears to visit Raymond James Stadium. Now that you've had your first listen, it's time for your second listen. We recommend the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms. If you got questions or takes for us here at the Locked On Bucks podcast, send them in to lockedonbuckspodcast at gmail.com or call them in at 813-444-5841. Again, James and I will be back on Monday. Until then, find everything we're writing about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers over at BucksNation.com. Find us on Twitter. I am at DHarrison82. He is at JYarko underscore Bucks. The show at Locked on Bucks. If you're in about this weekend, please be safe. Be kind to one another. Wash your hands. Thank you for joining me right here.